Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio, and we call it I Work For Him. Super big thanks go out to our producer, the engineer, the super big kahuna today, Jose Cruz. He'll be engineering the show today. Hey, I'd love for you to go out to IWorkForHim.com. That's right. Back in the studio after a week of vacation with our family, Martha and I had a phenomenal time. Thanks to those of you that volunteered and hosted a show. It was fantastic. So grateful that you gave Martha and I that time away with all of our kids, all in one place from all across the country, sat in there, sitting there at the top of a mountain in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Unbelievable experience. Spent a lot of time in the rivers, a lot of time climbing mountains, and a lot of time just hanging out. So much gratefulness goes out from our hearts to yours as you help support those volunteering to guest host the show. We've got people that came from all over Tampa Bay to guest host the show, and we're so grateful. Go out to iWorkForHim.com and join the I Work For Him nation. Be part of a movement across America of people praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. Those people are being part of a movement of the Holy Spirit as they start to see their own lives transform as they start to pray with those, pray for those around them, looking for ways to serve them, looking for ways to befriend them, looking for ways to pray with them, but all along being people of excellence in their workplace, being people that are standing out in their position, that are people are noted for their performance. That's what it means to be part of the I Work For Him Nation. Go out to IWorkForHim.com, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag, and join today. Hey, what does it take to be a Christ follower? It takes a paradigm shift in your minds. Romans 12.2 talks about this. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You know, being a radio talk show host is an amazing job. And I get to meet people from all across the country. And about four years ago, I was given a book by Dr. Steve Steff. And it was this book called The Business Card. How a few words on a business card changed a man, a company, and a community. And I read the book and I'm like, wow, this is fantastic. I got to I gotta find this guy. Well, it took Martha eight months traveling through publishers and, and Martha's in the book world, the Christian book world. And we finally found Dr. Steve Steff in Venice, Florida, and we've since become great friends. Dr. Steve Steff, welcome back to I Work For Him. 
Jim, thanks so much. What a treat to be with you as always. Well, and you're and you're calling us from Sin City, which is just incredible right. that you're, you you know instead of being in, in beautiful Raleigh or Boone, North Carolina, or Venice, Florida, today you're in Las Vegas. But that's what your job does with you. It takes you to different parts of the country because you have this opportunity to be all, all, like a corporate chaplain within a within a business. Really, isn't that what your job is? That's right. I do uh, chaplaincy and development for some national businesses. I get to travel a lot. Sometimes uh, the travel is a really good thing, sometimes not so good. Today's one of those great trips to get to meet a great group of people out here in North Las Vegas. Well, and, and now, will you go to any shows when you're in Las Vegas? Will there be any time to enjoy what's in Las Vegas? There will be uh, work followed by dinner, followed by work, followed by sleep, followed by work. <laughs> well, that'll keep you at least from wasting any quarters yeah. on those. No, I won't be. I won't be wasting any quarters while I'm out here. Right? It's it's always a fun thing. So, how does your work as a business consultant give you a unique vantage point into the brokenness of the world? Well, you know, it, it it's interesting. Uh, I, I'm trying to think who it was. Uh, Harvard Business Review, maybe. Uh, one, one of the big publications a few years ago did a, a very in-depth, uh, a, a lot of very in-depth research on uh, coaching, executive coaching. And part of what they did in, during that research was try to determine how much of the personal life comes up in the coaching. And uh, when, when they just polled executives and said, do you need help with personal issues, there was a very, very low percentage that, that said that they would bring up any personal issues. When they uh, when they polled the coaches, uh, something like 85% of the time, personal issues got discussed during the coaching process. And, and then when they polled uh, senior executives and coaches that had been working together, it was almost 100% of the time. So uh, it, it gives me a very interesting opportunity to reach in and touch the men and women that I get to get to work with there. Uh, see, I get to ask them open questions about their personal life, about their spiritual life, about their relationships. Uh, obviously, in the workplace, a lot of what I'm working with is how they deal with people, their, their soft skills, not their hard skills. I'm, I'm in a lumber and building materials business today and you know i, I told the guy I know, I know nothing about lumber and til- building materials that, that's not my job that's not why i'm here i'm here to to help you uh further develop um the, the soft skills into this that is how are you dealing with people and how are they responding to you and invariably we get into conversations about their personal life so it's a great opportunity i can ask those i'm invited to ask those questions so that's a really good thing yeah it's a privilege to be able to ask those questions and to hear people's answers and to really get in touch with people because it is true the leaders of our organizations across the country don't have a lot of people that they can share those intimate details no, no, where they're struggling right. and when they can do that it helps them to relate to the people that they have working underneath them helps them to be real we're talking with dr steve steph today ceo of transforming leadership found online at tleadership.com he's become a friend but first he was just an he was just an interview of a guy who wrote a fantastic book that was inspiring and we finally hooked up and we became friends but this book that he wrote the business car you might want to read this book because it's all about how A few words on the back of a business card changed a man, 
a company and a community. But Dr. Steve Steff has moved on and written another book called Organizational DNA. And it's all about helping an organization understand their core values and then the individuals within the organization understanding their core values. Because if you don't know your core values, how do you even know who you are? It's part of understanding who God created you to be. Dr. Steve Steff, welcome back to I Work For Him. Thank you, Jim. Thanks. Talk to me about this organizational DNA program that you guys have come out with at Transforming Leadership. Yeah, Jim, thanks for the opportunity to, to, to even discuss that. Our premise is really quite simple. It's an individual's DNA that determines what that individual is going to look like, uh, determines the, the, the foundational health of that individual, and, and in some ways even uh, determines their propensities toward disease or toward health, one, one direction or the other. And we believe that is in the same way the DNA of an organization determines what that organization is going to look like, the, the functional health of that organization, and the propensity toward disease or health within that within that organization and and our our belief Jim is that the DNA of the organization is really the core values. Okay, but so we don't lose all the people that, you know, don't run organizations. I want to make sure they stay tuned in because this is really I mean, an organization is really nothing without the people inside of it. I mean, an organization doesn't exist without people because it wouldn't be an organization. Could, so, could be an organization of one though. You know. Okay, but that's still a people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, I know you think at the doctoral level, I'm the guy that just was grateful to graduate from college. Okay, yeah. but, but organizations are made up of people, and yet a lot of times people don't, because they don't, aren't aware of their own core values, exactly. they may be the leader of an organization, and they're leading with those core values, but without them being identified, that's when you talk about an organization be, being subject to disease or to failure, because they, they don't even know what's leading them. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, we do so much of what we do on a daily basis, whether it's in our private lives, Jim, or whether it's in our workplace, we, ju we just kind of do it automatically. We kind of go through the day doing our job, doing our work, doing the deal in, in my language. And I just got out of a two-hour meeting a little while ago, and I talked with a gentleman about you must be intentional about these things because if you're not intentional about them, just saying that you're going to focus on them more won't happen. In the same way, if we, we must be intentional about our core values if we plan on our organization, whether it's an organization of one or 1,000 or 100,000, if we say this is who we are, this is how we're going to behave, if we haven't clearly identified those things, and if we're not intentional about making sure that we behave that way, then it won't happen. We'll fall back into that autopilot mode. Well, and, and I've heard it said that understanding an organization's core values can be really, you can put it a different way, understanding an organization's key decision filters. Exactly. I mean, yes. Because that's to make sure that, hey, we don't make decisions if they're contrary to these core values. These are our decision filters. Exactly. Yeah. And, so, and, and it's how you behave. It's how you make decisions. And it's what you reward people for. But, but the fact is, if you've got four different levels within your organization, for instance, 
if you're not intentional about the way you do things, you may find out that in level two, they're not making their decisions using the same value system that you are at level one. So you've got to be intentional about that. Well, and okay, so let's step back a little bit because core values is one of those things. We're talking about your organizational DNA product, but it also goes down to your my DNA product, which is the individuals within the organization, the people in the trenches that are actually doing the work. Exactly. You, you got the people leading, and then you got people actually doing the work. Understanding their own core values. I mean, you go in and you help leaders understand their core values, therefore they can help understand the organization's core values. Are they, do you often find that a leader's core values come in contrast or conflict with the organization that they've created? You know, it, it, that, that's, a, that's a terrific question, and, and that the leader's values, or I, I won't even just say the leader, I'll say everyone within the organization, they don't have to have the same core values as the organization will say, the core value statement for the organization, but they can't be in conflict with it, because if they are in conflict with it, then... You know, something's got to give, you know. I'm either working against my grain all day or the organization's working against its grain all day. So so when we find a leader that their personal core values are, in fact, in conflict, then quite frankly, Jim, they may not be a good fit for that organization. Doesn't mean they're not brilliant. Doesn't mean they're not a hard worker. Doesn't mean they're not productive. But they may not be a good fit. Well, and this really goes to hiring. I mean, you it bet. really goes to hiring. And, and this bet. is something that, you know, and, and it also goes to understanding who God created us to be. Because mm-hmm. a lot of us think, well, I, I know that my core values maybe I don't really know what they are, but I, I got an idea and, and I can adapt to whatever organization I go in. But if they're really core values, you can't operate against them or right. it will cause you internal stress. Right. It will cause you internal angst. Right, right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, except it's... Yeah, they don't have to be the same, but they can't be in conflict. All right, so let's talk about hiring, because if we're going to start at the top of organization, you deal with a lot of organizations. You deal with some public companies, some large privately owned companies. Yep. These are people where even some of the leaders of the organization are hired. Yep, yep, exactly. How often do you see an organization effectively determine people's core determine their own core values and then the people they're hiring their core values to make sure that they are not in conflict before they hire somebody well you make you make a great statement i'm going to flesh that out just a little bit first it almost every organization out there has a major organization out there has a has a core value statement there is a big difference in having a core value statement and being dedicated to actually these being the core values of the organization i mean we we spent tons of money with east carolina university developing an assessment a couple of years ago where we're able to go into the organization and identify this is what you say your core values are but in fact this is what's being lived out in your organization which is it and and I'm not going to necessarily tell you which one to pick. I'm just revealing that this is the truth of the thing. Well, and those yeah. things, if, if, if when you look at, and that's what I was getting at, is a lot of times, you you know, people were told, well, if you're going to form a company, you need to have a mission statement, a vision yep. statement, and core values. Correct. And yeah. so, they, so they slap something down on paper. And, and this is even the, the entrepreneurs that are listening today, people that are thinking about starting up businesses or people that have already started them, they thought, well, I was told in my business plan I needed to have mission, vision, and values. Okay, yep. fantastic. So they wrote something down. But nobody coached them. Nobody coached them to help them understand. And this, 
this stuff all applies at a micro level individually to the macro level uh, to the the greater organization and everywhere in between and that's why i wanted to bring you on today because this is something people really don't have a handle on and because they haven't they wrote down core values and yet they're really not living the business is not living according to those core values so therefore they're in conflict with themselves and they're trying to figure out why why can't i succeed yep yeah. How, how many people have you met through your church life, that in your listeners, your thousands, thousands of listeners met through their church life, that that you just happen to know that that individual's behavior outside of the church might be in conflict with what they are uh, presenting within the church? Well, if, if that happens within your church life, how much more likely is it to happen even in the workplace? Well, it's very likely. I mean, well, let's give some specifics, because what you just said there is so true, because that's right where I was going, because a lot of people think they've got the core values of, you know, if they're a Christ follower, they got the core values of honesty and integrity and something, something, something. And then you go, and and this is where I struggled because the guys that mentored me when I was in my 20s and my early 30s were quote-unquote Christian business guys, yet what I saw on Sunday was in direct conflict with how they operated their business Monday through Friday. And so I'm like, well, wait a minute. Does that mean I've got a different business hat than I do a Christian hat? Do they not intersperse? And so I was brought up mentored by guys that basically told me my my Christian life doesn't really fit into my business life. And so therefore I had a segregated life or, exactly. or I was compartmentalizing my faith, whatever you want to call it. So let's talk about what it, what does it look like when somebody in business has business core values that say X, and yet they're operating according to Y business values. They're, I mean, so their their own core values are in conflict with what the business is. Let's give an example. What does that look like? Give me an example of one you've seen. But before I throw an example out at you, and I'm going to, but I want to I want to muddy the water a little bit more. You know, we're all familiar with the process of sanctification, or most of us are familiar with the process of sanctification. If not, look it up. But 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 <laughs> or but we could ha- just give them a little definition. Yeah, but but ha- well, it's it's that you know you don't know what you don't know. It's that you're learning and, and more things are more truths are being revealed to you uh, about your spiritual life, about your business life. So how many of us are doing things on a day to day basis that if we were asked, is this uh, are you operating with integrity? We would absolutely say yes. But if we had someone else look at those our same behaviors, they might question whether that's really operating with integrity or not. So, so it's it, it's not that we are intentionally violating it; it's coming from the fact that we just don't see that yet. All right, Steve. Now, talk to me. Give specific examples of people who are operating in conflict that you've uncovered. People operating in conflict with their core values, kind of like Peter was at Polydeck. Let's say that that a couple of your core values are teamwork and people. Now, you know, the, the people, both of those are relatively vague, but they are two of the top 50 uh, words used in core value statements, teamwork and people. Uh, then would it not make sense that you would have a system in place? Remember, intentional is a key word there. Would it not make sense that you would have a system in place to help your people when they are struggling? For instance, with a substance abuse issue, the companies that we work with, uh, every one of the companies that we work with, as a matter of fact, has a zero-tolerance policy on substance abuse. But the companies that, that we work with, with our, with our other business, our, our, our chaplaincy business, they also have a, 
a system in place so that if an individual comes forward and says, I have a problem, I need some help, those companies have a system in place to provide them with that help and to protect their job and to protect their team while they're getting that help. It's in the best interest of the people, that is the individual. It's in the best interest of the team. And the absence of that, well, then they really don't have their team and their people in their best interest, right? Does that make sense? It, it makes sense. And, and I think drawing the picture is going to help people out because it that that's a big picture of teamwork and people. And, and you'd think that every organization would say, well, we need to all be a team and, and our people need to be our priority because our people are our great are our greatest asset within any organization. Yet you don't find that those are the core values for a lot of organizations, that it's really they think their core value is profit. Even though profit's not a core value, making money is important to a business, but it's not a core value. That's right. And 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 on that, you know, before we move on to something maybe a little more tangible on that substance abuse issues, most companies don't even address substance abuse issues until there is a clear violation in the workplace or somebody shows up and takes a test. But but if if I'm really caring about my team and I've got an individual that I'm pretty sure has a substance abuse problem, would 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 Christ want that problem addressed early? Or would we wait until he gets close to crossing the line? Well, and that's part of the problem because when they cross the line, then your handbook says you got to fire them. Or exactly. Handbook, and then how do you help somebody when you fire them? Yeah. And, you, yeah. and because you can't get money if they have a substance abuse problem. Too, too, too late now. You mentioned the car dealership, and 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 well, I we're sold not used cars for fifteen car. years, so I, I, know, I you know I understand that world. But but whether it's a car car dealership or what, if if honesty and integrity are two of your core values, and those are two of the top six that are used, honesty and integrity, and you're in the sales business, have you thoroughly vetted how you can run your business and your sales department and and be congruent with the values of honesty and integrity in the process? That needs to be a day-to-day process of looking is everything we're doing does it align with honesty and integrity because if we're not we're getting away from that then we're moving our bar right yeah we are moving the bar and and it's that's why it's so so few people in small businesses take the time to think through this stuff because they're so busy but so they they actually if they took the time to ask these questions at at, at every level this could really make a transformational difference in an organization. I mean, it's a huge thing. It, 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 the strategy, it, it's going to require an entirely new strategy for most businesses. Because if I've, got to, if I've got to sit down on a daily or a weekly basis and say, okay, how can I sell as much as I can sell but still be true to my honesty and integrity, then that may require a new strategic plan. Now, when an organization, because there's organizations of all sizes and people from those organizations today listening to the show, yep. and and not all of those organizations are ones that Transforming Leadership will come in and help because of their size, correct? I mean, do you have a, a certain size that you guys like to deal with? Well, we're, we're working with organizations generally from a, a million dollars in revenue to, a, quite frankly, to about a billion dollars in revenue. The company that I'm in today right now is a $4 billion company. But but the fact is, I mean, we, we get paid, if you will, by the hour. You know, you're buying your time with us. So one of the things, for instance, in the Tampa Bay area this fall, we're going to hold a one-day workshop where we're going to be teaching some values-based 
that's something that they might uh, contact you about, Jim, as we're going to be teaching some values-based concepts for giving feedback, for coaching, for hiring, and a few things like that. We'll be doing a one-day workshop. That'll allow people to come in for a minimum investment and learn how to integrate those core values into their business. Perfect. Steve, as we look at core values, an organization's core values, how do those typically get determined? The the core values of an organization, well, I I wrote a uh, blog article a few months back about this, and I talked about our creator, and I I, uh, I about half apologized for the use of the word, but but our DNA, our personal DNA, was determined by our creator, right? Our creator, God, obviously, but it's also determined by our creator as in our mother and father that came together to create us. The core values of an organization frequently – or determined by the creators of that organization or those in the very senior leadership of that organization because they are the ones to determine by what do we want to be known? How do we want to be recognized? You know, keep keep going back to that DNA and it determines how I look. So so the senior leaders or the founders of the organization identify the the DNA, identify the core values, but then, Jim, the, the key, the, 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 the critical part there is, is, I keep using that intentional word, they must be intentional about putting things in place that will maintain and drive that core value for days, weeks, and conceivably decades to come. I, I, can, have, I can have great DNA because of my mother and father, but if I live in a hostile environment, I'm going to be subject to illness and disease. If I don't, if I don't guard that DNA, if I don't take care of it, if I don't go to the gym, if I don't eat well, it didn't, you know, my my DNA is not going to maintain itself, my, maintain my body just automatically. I have to honor it in that process. And I, I was thinking about that while we were on the break. Is you know, we don't, even once we have identified our core values, we have these challenges throughout the day that that might put us in conflict with them behaviorally. So I need to surround myself, whether it's in my office, whether it's in my home, my business, I need to surround myself with reminders of what my core values are so that when I'm put in that that hot fire moment or that drop-dead moment of having to make a decision, I have a visual reminder of the values that I am supposed to filter that decision through. Does that, does that make sense to you? Well, it, it does, and, and a lot of people are going, okay, okay, draw me a picture, Jim, because this, I'm losing this. I'm driving my car, or maybe I'm listening to a podcast while I'm driving my car, or maybe I'm listening to the archive, or maybe you're listening live right now. You're working, and you're going, Jim, core values, you're, you're kind of messing with me. Well, a lot of people have heard that term, core values. And, and that's why I like to turn it into, but they don't really know what it means, core values. They think of, well, what's a core? Okay, well, that's the, you know, a lot of people think of inner core. How, yeah. about, how about that great movie where they drove to the core of the earth? That's what we're talking about. We're talking about your yeah. inner core. That's how right. were you created? What were you created to have things that are most important to you? Like there are some people that peace is one of their core values. They just want to create peace wherever they go. And, and so if they worked alongside of me, they would really struggle with that because yeah, one of mm-hmm. mine is one of my core values is boldness, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is the opposite of peace most of the time. Yeah. And so it, you've got this program. So not only do you help organizations understand 
their DNA, what their core values really are. But now you you also then break out and, and work with all the people within an organization using your, your little product called My DNA. And I've read your whole My DNA booklet, and it's an individual booklet that helps people figure out what their core values are. You have a page describing each core value and people can see what resonates with them. How, how have you seen that transform an organization when people go through that My DNA project? That, uh, that has been a tremendous tool for us. It's, it's an online workspace that we developed that, uh, that we can take individuals or a leadership or development team within a company through it individually. So, so Jim Brangenberg is going to sign up for that, and Jim signs in, and Jim selects from a long, long list, and not all are Christ-centered, but a long list of, of words that he would like to use, that he would like to integrate into his core value statement, or that he thinks he would. And then uh, through an online but live process with a coach, we're going to we're going to guide Jim through the process of, okay, Jim, when you talk about integrity, tell me what that means to you. So we're really going to flesh out with with them over uh, over the computer or over the phone. Like I said, it's a live call. Flesh out with them what that integrity means to them. Um, because they, they may, for instance, have chosen honesty or and integrity both. Well, let's talk about both of those. How do you distinguish between those two? So somewhere in that process, you know, they may change that word a little bit, tweak that word a little bit. Through a series of coaching calls, Jim, we take them through the process of writing their own core value statement, their personal core value statement. And it has been tremendous. It's just been a tremendous experience. And then, then at the end of that, they pick, pick uh, they, they select a photo from an array of photos that we have. And I'm sure you've seen the same type of thing. Successories has these posters and everything. But this poster, when it's printed up, it's got the photo and it's got your personal core value statement at the bottom, followed by your name. It's framed up and it's sent to your office. It's just been a tremendous deal for our development programs because now there's your core value statement hanging on the wall for everyone that sits in your office or comes to your cubicle or whatever it might be. It says, this is who I am. This is what you should expect in dealing with me. And for most of the people that have done it with our group right now, um, they've never really had a core value statement. They've never really fleshed it out. Well, this is kind of what I believe in, but they've never defined it. And we, we help them define it, and we help them search out areas of their life that might behaviorally might be in conflict with it, so they have an opportunity to correct those things. Well, okay, so you help organizations determine what their core values, what's going to drive their business decisions. Then you help individuals within the organization identify their core values. Yep. Now, we talked about this at the beginning of the show. Hiring. When you look at hiring people, the core values of the person you're hiring should not be in conflict with what the core values are of the business. Right. But a lot of times businesses didn't even think of considering core values when they were hiring somebody. They just were looking for somebody that had qualifications. Never occurred to the vast majority of hiring decisions are based on experience and education and personality. Well, and even personality sometimes that's yeah. a sometimes thing okay yeah. so now you've got an organization that's hired you guys and there are people out there listening going this sounds pretty cool 
What do you do when you go through an organization? The organization identifies their core values, true core values, what they're really operating by. Now you go through and you identify your people's core values, and all of a sudden you find somebody in conflict. What do you do with that person? Because honestly, you know that you're going to cause them to be in conflict with the corporate core values and cause them angst, cause them stress, cause them disease and illness because of it. What do you do? Well, I, I may I may be giving you an answer you don't want. I may be giving you bad news because if in fact they are in conflict, remember I said earlier they don't have to be the same. They don't have to be, con- but but they can't be in conflict. If you do in fact have someone that is in conflict, just, they're just not a good fit. So you can you can make a decision. You've got a couple of decisions to make. If that person stays where they are and they behave in a way that is in conflict with your core values, then you have effectively moved your bar. You have diluted your core values. So you can't allow them to behave in a way that is in conflict, regardless of how strongly they believe that. If they if they uh, have have core values that are in conflict with yours but they're not but they're not behaving in a way that's in conflict then my counsel to the individual would be you're not happy here you're not fulfilled here i should say you may be happy but you're not fulfilled here it may be in your best interest to find some place where you are a better fit so what you're saying is that either the company needs to help free their future or the people need to help free their own future. But will, yeah. but you almost have to draw a picture for people because a lot of them haven't put they haven't they haven't connected the the dots to understand that the core values of the business are in conflict with their own personal core values until you've drawn a picture. And when they see that all of a sudden they're going, "Huh, that's why I hate going to work." Oh, exactly. That's why when I work with my manager and he asks me to do this, it makes me go crazy inside and really christ is at the center of all of this because he helped create all of us he is the original creator or to experience the abundant life when you're going to work like that every day yes and and so really as a christian business owner you're like yeah but i can't fire people i'm a christian oh my goodness is that the most ridiculous thing christians ever say because if you are really being a good manager and you love your people and you want what's best for them, sometimes firing people or freeing their future, if you want to use a more politically correct statement, which I also just enjoy, because you are freeing their future. That's right. Because if if they are in a place that is in direct conflict with the core values, by you helping them find another job, you are cre- you are freeing them up. You are you are getting out, helping them get out of slavery That's right. because first, they are miserable. First, the first thing that you have to recognize, though, as a business leader is that you cannot allow behaviors by your people that are in conflict with your professed core values. I don't care who the individual is. I don't care how valuable they are. If you allow those behaviors, you are diluting your core values. You're not who you say you are. The scriptures are very clear. It says, yes, let your yes be yes and your no be no. If if you say these are your core values and you are committed to these core values, then you cannot tolerate behaviors. And I realize allow and tolerate are pretty strong words, but I feel that strongly about it. You you cannot tolerate behaviors by your people that are in conflict with those core values. Mm. And people are listening and going, wow. I never even thought about this, that it, that my core values, there are, maybe there's some people listening today that are working for organizations that um, 
Yeah, that, that are never going to take them through this. Are, uh, can people get the individual My DNA program? Can they can they subscribe to that on your website just themselves to understand who they who they've been created to be? Is that possible? They they can if you go to the tleadership.com website, go to the uh, contact us page, send us an email there. Uh, uh, fill out the contact form. We'll be happy to get back with you, and it's just a tremendous exercise. That's fantastic. All right, we're talking today with Dr. Steve Steph, CEO of Transforming Leadership, talking about your your DNA, your core values, your decision filters. What are they? How do you find them out, and what happens if they're in conflict with that of the organization you work with? And a lot of you are out there thinking, wait a minute, this is this is helping me think about. I, I didn't even I didn't even know about this stuff. Wait, wait a minute, I just always wondered why when I did stuff at work it made me feel a certain way, and what made me irritated at work. Steve, you've got a doctorate. Is, is your doctorate in psychology? Uh, leadership and ethics. All right. So your master's, was that in psychology? I've got a master's in counseling, master's in biblical studies. That, that's pretty close. Okay. So you want, I mean, this is a psychological thing where a lot of people don't you realize bet. how, how in, in depth our DNA is from our heavenly father, how he created us very specifically with who we are. I mean, we are individuals, and when we operate in conflict with the core values that are deep inside of us, it causes, like you said, illness and disease. Is it possible? I mean, are core values something that we choose, or are they totally inbred into our DNA? No, I think core values are something that we choose primarily based on our life experience and our worldview, Jim. Uh, I mean, I, I know for a fact that my core values have changed significantly over the last couple of decades. And certainly, even as I have identified those core values, that, that goes to that sanctification process we mentioned earlier, even as I have identified some core values, my understanding of those has changed as well over the last decade or two. Well, and I had, you know, I had constantly been looking at my core values and understanding how they fit in. And for some reason, you know, I went through the Identity and Destiny program, which is a huge sponsor of I Work For Him. And I, I liked, you know, they had 130 of them to choose from. And I came up with 19 that I liked. And yeah. they said, well, you can't have 19. You got to have five or six. And yeah, like, yeah. Hey, but I like 19. And I, I had to choose between I had honesty and integrity, and I had something else in there, and they were similar. And I finally, I was sitting down with Tom and Pam Wolf from Identity and Destiny, and they said, Jim, but what about order? Because you like order. Yeah. And I do. You know me well enough, Steve, that I like, I like to know when things are going to be. Yeah, I like good. to keep things in. And, and I was like, okay, order is one of my core values. I just hadn't identified it. And so I'm still figuring this out, and I'm 50 years old. Yeah. So there's good news in all of this because our Heavenly Father gives us the ability to understand ourselves. And using what T Leadership has put together, Transforming Leadership has put together, but can be found online at tleadership.com, that's important to understand this. You can help organizations and individuals understand their core values. How fun is that? It, it's great fun. I, you know, I, I love, I just, I, I am so blessed to be able to do what I do for a living. The opportunity to meet people, touch people, help them dig in and examine their life. And I examine mine at the same time to, to look for ways that, that, that we can better glorify Christ in the workplace, uh, that, that we can be more fulfilled in our life in the workplace, and that we can be a light on the hill in the workplace. Amen to that. Dr. Steve Stepp with Transforming Leadership, thanks so much for being an I Work For Him today. I look forward to our next dinner together.
I as well, Jim. Bless you. Give Martha my best. All right. Hey, thanks for listening to I Work for Him today. I hope, he, I hope this was challenging to you because as I prepared for the show, uh, it was challenging to me. we got to understand that the jobs that we have can't be in conflict with our core values. And if they are, it's just time, if you realize it, it's time to just recognize that maybe I need to go find a job in a different place. And you could go on and get just a, a core value understanding right on T Leadership's website, tleadership.com. There are lots of great resources out there, and that is one of them. So I'd love for you to go out to iworkframe.com tonight on your way home. Maybe not on your way home while you're driving, but when you get home or maybe when you're sitting at your desk right now and join the I Work For Him Nation. Join me, join Martha, and dozens and dozens of people around the globe, hundreds of people around the globe that are praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. Watch your own life transform as you see your Heavenly Father give you His eyes for the people that you work with. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower, and I own my own business, but ultimately, I work for Him. 